Hey everybody, Mike R here, one half of Hashtag 59. We are back at you with another roundtable podcast. I'm really excited to share this one with everybody because it's something that happened to me as a child and was literally the probably the catalyst and the reason why I even wanted to start and create something like Hashtag 59. We're talking about how to immerse children out in the outdoors and the importance of getting kids into the outdoors at an early age. Amy's joining me, and we have two special guests, Jason and Josh, who both practice this in a variety of different ways, joining the podcast. Tune in, let's get going, and find out how to immerse children and get them to love and experience nature in the outdoors even more. See you on the inside. Hey, everybody. Mike R. here from Hashtag 59. As I mentioned, we are getting ready for another one of our Outdoor Adventure podcasts. Our location and recording sponsor of this podcast is Hopewell Works. It's a place that I'm a member at, and I'm actually here with Brian Z, who's been on the podcast before and is in charge of Hopewell Works. Brian, say hey and tell us, why are you sponsoring the Hashtag 59 podcast? Well, it's definitely not just your good looks, Mike. We are glad to have you guys here. Now, we love Hashtag 59. We love anyone that's rooted in the interest of exploration. And we believe part of what we're doing is designing an experience here where you can expand your horizons, change your environment for your workday, for your friends, your meetups, your groups. So as you mentioned, uh, Hopewell here, we run what we call like a student union for professionals. So if you want to come in and use our coffee cafe, we're open to the public. The membership unlocks high-speed Wi-Fi, private events, and some other spaces. So for us here, you know, it's all about trying to find people like connecting with themselves and with each other. Well, we love being here. All of our podcasts are recorded here. And how can people find out more information? Yeah, the internet is by far the best place to look for us, hopewell.works. And you can also also just shoot any one of us a message on any of the social media platforms and we'll get back to you. Wonderful. Let's head on into the inside of the Hashtag 59 podcast. Thanks, Brian. Hey, everybody. Mike R. here with Amy K. And as I mentioned on this recording, this is the Children in the Outdoors podcast version 2.0, but nobody will ever get to hear version 1.0. No, it's gone forever. Gone forever. <laughs> uh, if you're just catching up, I recorded a wonderful conversation with Amy, Joss, and Jason, and then I recorded right over it. We had two versions of the Asia podcast, and it's gone forever, but here we are. So Amy and I are actually going to talk about, because neither of us right now have kids, and we had talked with people who had kids, but instead of hashing over telling people what they should do with their kids, I wanted to kind of talk about the impact that I had and that you had as a kid as a result of being in the outdoors. Okay, that will work. It was kind of subliminal for me, maybe, because it just happened. But as I grow up and I get older, I see a lot of people uncomfortable in the outdoors. And I think it for me, it was because of the way in which I was raised. Thoughts? Yeah, I actually was, it's kind of the same way. It was more like, for me, it was my parents always took us camping or hiking or on like these long road trips when we were kids. And I thought everyone did that. And so for me, it was actually more interesting when I, as I got older and like I went to college or like even some of my high school friends, I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, you talk about like what you did that summer or for like spring break and like no one else was doing these crazy things that I was doing. I thought everybody went out. I thought summer... <laughs> If you had parents who could afford that weren't working 52 weeks a year, I just thought when you got a vacation, you 
headed west on a long mega road yeah. trip and hung outside. Yeah, but they didn't get to do that. So I was, I think it actually, I was very fortunate, I would say. I did, I think so too. Um, to have parents who were both teachers. So we were allowed this opportunity to kind of have these little bit of like a longer like vacation if you will. So, I mean, we did this month long road trip out to California and we went to, you know, all the national parks out in Utah and Arizona and California. And I mean, that honestly like changed my life. So yeah. How old were you? Do you remember it all or range? I don't remember. I don't, I was either 14 or 15. I could not drive yet. Okay. So it really opened my, we went to Colorado every summer and that really just looking back on it, it changed, it shaped me into who I am and it changed Mm -hmm. My life, just yeah. like you, without obviously, I well, didn't have didn't, that epiphany. Yeah, I, I didn't have that epiphany when I was eight. No, but we never do. You don't know it went at the time, but as you look back, you're like, "Wow, that was really cool." That like, you know, I got to do all these fun things. I think when so I was a too. Kid. And I distinctly remember some of the hikes still to this mm-hmm. day that we did. I remember there was this one. I had really bad altitude sickness up in. Rocky Mountain, mm-hmm. going up to Chasm Lake, which is nine or 10,000, 11,000 feet. And, and my head was just throbbing. And my dad was trying to get me. We were so close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember we were bouldering and he, his pants split. And it, <laughs> it just, it took my mind off of it, off of the altitude. But I still remember like that laughing, us laughing about that, us taking a mind off of it. And I still remember my head throbbing until we got back down to 6,000. Mm, that's really funny. And I was eight or nine at that time. Yeah. What about the Grand... Did you go to the Grand Canyon yep. as a kid? Yeah. I mean, so this is what's really kind of sad about that, though, is, like, I remember it, but I don't really remember it. Mm-hmm. So I remember being there. I remember being in awe. And I remember we got to stay in one of those little cabins because we were in the North Rim. And I thought that was so cool. I thought we were so cool that we uh, got to stay in a cabin Well, on the Grand Canyon. I think that... <laughs> I mean, I went to the Grand Canyon a year ago, and Matt and I tent camped and my dad stayed in one of those cabins and I thought he was, was so, so cool, cool. <laughs> too. And I thought that looks like a good place to stay. <laughs> when I was at the Grand Canyon, actually, I just remember thinking a lot of people said to me when you're coming up, especially on the South mm-hmm. Rim, when we were finishing that rim to rim hike, just about, oh, is this your first time you've seen it? Oh my gosh, you hiked down here? I've never been here before. And in their 50s and their 60s, and they're, and, yeah. and they're not from around the world. They're from a the state domestic. or two over. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it just shows that travels pers- gives me perspective, and mm-hmm. it gives me perspective on how lucky I was as a kid mm-hmm. and how it made me more adventurous and more. I'm more comfortable when it rains, I'm comfortable in the rain. I do attribute that a little bit from being in the outdoors as a kid. Yeah. I mean, I am and I'm not. Yeah. You guys. No, I get, you know, you get a little older, you're like, mm. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to stay inside. Yeah, I'm going to go inside. <laughs> okay, so I think Jason and Josh cover pretty good And you know, what can you do? I'd like to do some of the rapid-fire questions, though, on from both of our vantage points. <laughs> okay. One place every kid should okay. visit by the age of 10, or one place that you visited by the age of 10, and you're like, yeah, I'm glad I went there. <sighs> I really wish I knew what I really wish I knew what I said before because I feel like it was good. But the um, only people that I, know is the cosmic know, energy of the universe. Um, I think that one of the places. Okay, I think I remember this a little bit. So um, Josh said Yellowstone. Yes. Which I said 
like upper Michigan, like Traverse City area, Sleeping Bear Dunes. But that's maybe just because like I really like it. But at the same time, it's this really cool dune and kids get to like climb up it and like run down it, which is like to me when I first did that when I was a kid, I again, I thought it was so cool. Sand dunes are awesome yes. to take kids. It's <laughs> trickery outside. If they don't like the outdoors, they're going to love a sand dune. Yeah, because, again, you get to run up. You get to walk up it, and mm-hmm. then you get to, like, run down it full force and, like, tumble. And, and now they like, even got, slime. like, little boogie boards yeah, that you can exactly. take down. See? So that was mine. Awesome. I that would be cool. I, you know, I thought – I have to agree with Josh – when and let's i would be curious when i re-record josh's portion he'll still <laughs> say yellowstone but i remember old faithful and i remember those buffalo mm-hmm. when i went to yellowstone and i thought where in the hell am i right now yeah and to me that's impactful nice how about one place you love but you wouldn't want to take a kid i guess this i don't even know if this applies to us where i've gone somewhere where i'm like man i bet my when we went to the Badlands and the Black Hills. I was 16 or 17, and that it was this one year where I just should not have been along on the trip because I was a pain in the butt to my parents. Because you were getting older. Because I was getting... Yeah. And like two years later, I was cool again yeah. with them. But there was this one trip where... And so I think to that, my parents should not have taken me to the Badlands and the Black Hills on that trip. They should have just gone and had a nice time without me. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I would say like anything that like I think I said this before, but like anything where it's like a really like heavy drinking culture. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, like if you're going like Daytona Beach. Yeah, you know, no, like more like Oktoberfest or like yes. it's something where it's like, you know, very outdoorsy, but like there's also like a lot of, you know I think it's good. Kids are inundated with technology, blah, blah, blah. But I think getting them in the outdoors with in a place of solitude is even a bigger deal now than it was when we were kids. Yeah. What was your favorite outdoor activity as a kid? Do you have one? I mean, I think I just liked just hiking and camping in general. I loved it. Yeah. I loved hiking and camping. We used to camp in our backyard sometimes. Yeah, so did we. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we also, so where I grew up before we lived in that house, we lived in these, in like a wooded area mm-hmm. and we still own that what we call them the woods when we had moved. And so we would still like go back there every now and then and have like bonfires or like, you know, there's creeks there and like, you know, nice. logs that you jump over and then you're like, Oh my gosh, there's like tracks of like a deer. Well, and those know? are, mem- and those are memories yeah. that still have a profound impact on your life. Yeah, exactly. Final question. <clears throat> Should we get a backup microphone for the next recording? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Stay tuned, everybody. I don't know if we will, but I definitely think I should be smarter <laughs> with the break and re-recording. But maybe this one will just turn out to be a tad better than anything version one. Yeah, maybe it was. But be- it's gonna be better. All things are meant to be. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We're gonna flip it over to Josh to wind up this podcast to hear three different angles, four different angles on the impact of kids in the outdoors. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. Hey everybody, Mike R. here welcoming you back. This is a three-part podcast now because when we did the Children in the Outdoors podcast, somehow we recorded over it or it didn't record. Jason, what do you think happened Uh, that day? You know those gremlins. You never know. You never know. So here's what we're doing instead on this. We had originally Jason, Josh, Amy, and I in a room doing a roundtable on 
the importance of getting kids in the outdoors. Well, that's gone. Maybe I should have a backup recording, but <laughs> until that sponsor comes and gets us that backup recording, we don't have that. So what we're doing is we're doing a 10-minute recap of the podcast with each of the guests. I got Jason here. He's a writer for us on the site and was on that podcast. And we're going to jam back out on what we talked about. So Jason, welcome back again. Oh, thank you so much. My pleasure. Liked how I sprung this on you uh-huh. just during our impromptu coffee. That's that had all right. nothing to do with it. But, <laughs> so we talked a lot about different ways in which you can get kids in the outdoors and the importance of it. You're experiencing this firsthand. What have you seen with your son as a opportunity for you guys to connect and for him to grow and why it's been important over the years to have him outside? I think the biggest thing, I mean, he's a little older now, he's 11, but I think one of the most important things is is you really have to be deliberate in your thinking. And I've, I've written about that. When he was young, I mean, when he was a toddler, we'd get him outside, we'd get him to our local metro parks. And just just so he's kind of in that environment. And so as he's gotten older, he absolutely loves to be outside. Now, don't get me wrong, he's an 11-year-old, he loves electronic devices mm-hmm. as well, Yeah, but... When we get him outside now, he absolutely loves it. He wants to take hikes. He'll say, Dad, let's go on a hike this weekend. Yeah. I mean, what more can you ask for? So, <laughs> And I think, I think that's something you've hit on well in the podcast that we lost and on the blogs is you don't have to wait for your two-week summer road trip. Of course, the right. two-week summer road trip is awesome. Right. However, it can happen. You've done a lot of Metro Park stuff. Right. right. And, I, and, and I think it's important for anybody anywhere, start local. I mean, yeah, just like you just said, I mean, two-week road trip's fantastic, but everywhere there are places to go. There's parks, there's fields, there's streams. Find what's local. Columbus, we're very fortunate to have just a fantastic metro park system, and we've taken full advantage of that using the naturalists, using their volunteers. So that I really encourage it. And start young. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Josh, who was on the show, he's doing his own program up in Cleveland and Youngstown area right. for that. And it doesn't matter where you live. So let's, uh-huh. let's talk about those, those big trips. Sure. Where are three places you guys have either gone or you would like to go instead of a trip to Disney World? Man, only three? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the best trips we've taken is a road trip out west. We've taken two but experiencing the Badlands with my son, because it was a place he decided he wanted to go and experience, was fabulous. I recommend that to anybody. It's a great place. I recommend Glacier National Park, which is just stunning. And unfortunately, you should probably go fairly sooner soon. rather than later. Yeah, and that's that's out of the voice, out of the mouths of some of the rangers we spoke I, to. I was there about a year and a half ago, and I got that same message yeah. on board. And at this point. There's stuff we can do for other future glaciers, but those glaciers are yeah, they're going bye-bye. They're coming to an end, unfortunately. Uh, and then a place we'd really like to go and we haven't yet. Well, let me back up. We're going to take care of a big thing this summer. Yeah, we're, where are you going? We're going to Utah, hitting all five in Utah. So that's that's a huge trip. The um, Mighty Five, yes. as, as they are referred to sometimes right. in the Utah National Park System. So we're very excited about that. But we also, at some point, want to get to Alaska, experience that. I've got a, a couple friends from a previous life that live up that way, and uh, we just love to, to explore that whole region. Now, I don't know if you caught this on the podcast profile with Josh, if you were in the room or not, but you just mentioned Alaska and Montana. 
And Josh mentions his unique story about himself. Oh, yes. Having a grizzly bear. That's right. Have you had any uh, encounters? No, no. I've I've been quite lucky and fortunate in that respect. We've happened upon some some rattlesnakes and and that type of thing while we've been hiking, but no no bear experiences. We'll uh, we'll let Josh touch into that a little bit more, but I was was just curious because you were naming some in bear country. You know, as we've been continuing to have your series on the blog about the, as you've been writing this about the kids and the outdoors and the importance, has anything come up or... Any feedback that other people have given you, like whether or not, oh man, what can I do? Or, man, I wish I I could be doing that more that you've seen that you want to share with the audience. Yeah, and it's not just with the blog, just through conversations with friends and acquaintances. Just, and kind of reiterating the the original point of starting young and being deliberate. I mean, this is something you really can't half-ass it. I mean, you really need to plan. Look, this is Saturday. We're going to spend four hours, and we're going to go to a metro park. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, you know, if they got experience program, it, yeah. If we got, if they got a program, we can go to. Awesome. If not, we're just going to walk around. We're going to spend time in the woods, but be deliberate about it. And that's really, you know, I have the hat on. One eighty out. Mm-hmm. One of our other buddies that's on a different podcast and friends in the community. They have a great apparel line made out of eco materials. But he was Wes was telling me how. They're doing the 52 hike challenge and they started it with doing every single one of the winter Metro park hikes Oh yeah, because he said, we knew we weren't going to be able to get out of Columbus for January and February, but we knew we wanted to hike 52 times. We had to start. And he said, and that just gave us the plan. It was so, it was so deliberate because wherever the Metro parks are going to be this Saturday or Sunday, that's where we're going to be. Where we're going. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for coming on again. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to hope that this one records this time. Uh, and I think it will be interesting to get everybody's wham-bam different recaps on this. Let's right. do just a couple rapid fires, right, though. All right, I'm game. Where is one place every kid should visit by the age of 10? And you don't have to answer what you did the last time because we don't know where that podcast Well, good, because I don't even remember how I answered it last time. <laughs> I, honestly, I would say that Every kid before the age of 10 should experience a national park. Yeah. And I'm not not a specific one. Mm-hmm. Whatever's close to you, it should be a national there is park. A, I love the metro parks, but there is something just sure. big and bad yeah. and wonderful about and geographic, a national park. Geographically speaking, there's one that's accessible within a day of probably everybody. Everybody. So, everybody in... And, you know, then they're, even if somebody in international travel, we went to two in Japan. Oh, sure. sure. You know, they're, so they're, they're there. Yeah. I remember you said uh, best outdoor activity for a kid. You and Josh both said creaking. What's creaking? Just getting in a creek. You know, whether you take your shoes off or have water shoes, get into the creek, start turning over rocks, looking for salamanders, looking for crawdads. You know, you can use a little net if you want, see what you can find. But it's getting dirty, it's getting wet, and it's having fun. Nice. <laughs> now, okay, so James turned, that's your son, uh, when he turns into a teenager and he says, Mom, Dad, I'm, I'm sitting this one out. Where are you two going on a trip? Because he's not coming along. Uh, well, <laughs> you know what? I've always wanted to go to Jazz Fest. So we might mm. go to New Orleans. That's know, a good so, one. So, yeah. so we'll see. Good pick. I've been there once, and uh, it does not disappoint. And uh, last question, most what I would be wondering, uh, we just mentioned the teenager, infant or teenager on a long on a road trip? Long road trip. On a long road trip. 
Um, Pick your poison. You know what? It's hard for me to say a teenager just because I don't have one yet. But I will say this. I think it would be a little easier with a teenager because they're self-sustaining. With an infant, you do have a little more responsibility that you have to make more frequent stops for certain things. With a teenager... And I think if you get the buy-in, I think that's part of the whole be deliberate. Discuss it before you even leave. What are they interested in? What can you stop and see that they might be interested in to get the buy-in from them? Love it. So Well, we're looking forward to your future posts. Thanks for re-coming on this podcast. <laughs> and we'll be putting all of three of our perspectives, all four of our perspectives, into one wham, bam, one to conversation to the next on Kids in the Outdoors. Fantastic. Look forward to the next one. Thanks, Jason. Hey, everybody. Mike R. here. And as you've been following along on this podcast, you know this is the podcast that never happened, but now we are recreating it. One conversation at a time. And I have our final of our three guests from that original podcast that I snafu'd on the phone with me, Josh B. Josh, what's up, brother? Hey, how's it going, Mike? Good to be here again. Absolutely. Again, again is the word of this podcast. But, you know, we recreate what we get to do and uh, turn it into something even better than it originally was, perhaps. That's all right. I don't hate talking about myself that much. (laughs) Well, hey, man. So we're talking about kids in the outdoors. And I I specifically love what you have been up to with that. You know, in a 90-second rundown, give a little bit of a as a child, what was your background with the outdoors? How did you fall in love with it? And how did it have such an impact in your life? And then I'm going to follow up with what you're doing now and the impact that you're actually creating for the world as a result of that. So so where did this all start? It really just started with actually where I grew up in two houses as a kid, you know, first like from when I was born to second grade and then moved to another house after that. And both of them were adjacent to kind of forest woods and creeks i mean i I had a creek adjacent to both my houses growing up and you know video games were just starting to come out but i loved just being outside and hanging out outside and so most of my time my brother and i we were just chomping around the woods throwing stuff breaking stuff cray fishing all kinds of stuff like that and you know as i got into high school you know the social network took over and i really lost that part of myself until you know years later when i was working as a security guard and read a dear abby article about leading people in the wilderness and it just really spoke to who i was kind of underneath who i had become as a you know young adult dear abby huh and and as a result of that you know because i I was like that too and and i think real when you start early and this is the whole theme of the podcast i think when you start early it lasts it can last forever and it come it might come and go like it maybe had a little gap in your life but yeah then it shows back up in odd ways maybe yeah, and you know, one of the things I I love telling people because, you know, everyone looks at me as like this environmental tree hugger guy and it's like, well, you know, as a kid I caught crayfish and I didn't always just put them back in the water and, you know, <laughs> and then as a young adult in high school, I'd be hard pressed to find, you know, youth that were as wasteful as me throwing trash out the window, you know, vandalizing stuff. So, yeah, what you say is perfect example of what you share with kids in their childhood it'll persist through the times when they're not into that stuff. I agree. Cause I would, uh, you know, I love my environmental tree huggers and I want to be one every day. I had, I had some gap years, you know, and, yeah. but I always rolled back to it. When right. you got that dear Abby article, then what happened? You read that dear Abby article. 
Yeah, you know, and it was all about this organization, like building leadership through outdoor pursuits. And so after reading the article, I looked into the company, and then I was like, all right, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna save up some money to do one of these trips. And you know, sharing that with some of my family, of course, my mother trying to help me find my way. Did a little bit more digging and saw that the organization that I wanted to do a trip with had partnerships with colleges. And so she found a little community college in Wyoming that gave me credit for doing the course. And so I was able to pursue an associate's art degree while I was while I did this program. That's great. And, you know, I remember you going through that program as we went to college together. I even remember when you were shipping out to Wyoming for that. Fast forward a, a couple of years now. And what are you doing now? And how is it? Uh, it's it's almost like it's all come full circle for for you from creaking as a child. Yeah, it really has. So you know, after I finished my associate's degree, I took a couple you know gimme jobs of like working at like a science camp for a school district and a nonprofit. And little did I know that I really would enjoy working with kids. And so here I am, you know, almost ten years later, and uh, I almost prefer leading youth, I mean, I don't even care what age, you know, from the age of three or four all the way up to, uh, you know, those with lots of life experience. So, so yeah, it's funny how even I thought I wanted to go on to teach high schoolers or kids in college, but now I'm really happy. And right now I work at a career tech center, helping teach a program, wildlife and natural resource management. My wife and I have our own business now, the Environmental Collaborative of Ohio. And we're an environmental consultant, so we could do anything from helping teach science curriculum outputs to helping implement any kind of engineering projects or even integrating the two. So that's great. So that's kind of where we're at now. And so now I'm actually helping lead some hikes for our local metro parks because they saw what I was doing with uh, some different hikes where we're trying to document the biodiversity in all the park spaces. And they said, hey, would you lead some of these hikes on behalf of the parks? So. That's awesome. Now, so you're out, you know, you're out in the, you're out taking kids on some of these hikes. Mm -hmm. What benefits have you seen from just getting these kids out in the outdoors, away from the video games, and maybe, uh, maybe sometimes the adults that might tag along or might have a child who is excited afterwards. Yeah, I mean, personally, what I've seen from some of the youth I've taken out is kind of seen a transformation where they go from, you know, whatever kind of hat they wore before to stepping outside of that. So maybe they're a little bit more shy. And then after the trip, they're more outgoing or they're more interested in science or some kind of other topic that we had covered. I vividly remember, you know, a feedback form from a parent when I worked at a science camp in Orange County, California, and the mother talked about how her son seemed totally different, was in the science, was outgoing, and it like it really got to me, you know. Yeah, it's just really, really powerful to see how simple of a, something that's at our access twenty four seven, right, can literally change somebody's life. Right, but that's that's the important thing with you know exposing kids to stuff. You know, sports might be that thing for a kid. But the other thing is, like, the outdoors is accessible for everyone. There's no registration. There's no, you know, there's no commitment. And so it's one of those things that maybe not everyone does enjoy, but until you get out enough, you may not find a thing that interests you with the outdoors. You know, I, I know people who love the outdoors, but they don't like going outdoors, but they like to read and learn. So, you know, there, there's so many opportunities going forward 
you know, with technology where you can still have that love for the outdoors, even if you're not someone who likes to go camping. Absolutely. I think people think immediately to like to backpacking or mountaineering when we're talking about this. And I think that's something that's important to teach the kids is, as Jason mentioned earlier in his portion on the podcast is, I mean, going to the nature center at your Metro parks, starting them, yeah. well, starting them small. And, and that's, you know, what, what advice would you give to maybe a parent who's, who's thinking about like, okay, you know, we, we're not going to the Australian Outback this summer, but what can I do instead? I mean, honestly, it's just kind of finding, yeah, if you do have some resources locally, you know, Metro Parks, State Parks, whatever, where they have some kind of education or even just some kind of programming, just go out and check it out. And you might realize like, oh, man, I can do the activities that they're leading, you know, because a lot of times it is like you don't know what you don't know. And so that's intimidating. So a lot of times just going and seeing like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember doing this or this is a familiar activity to me. I just couldn't picture it in my head. And then, obviously, just whatever you got around your neighborhood. You know, people really do underestimate the wildlife just in our neighborhoods. You know, when we say wildlife, everyone wants to picture deer, you know, rabbits, raccoons. But wildlife is anything from the moss to the plants to the salamanders to the bugs. And so, you know, that's what we're finding now as we've pretty much discovered all the large mammals, but there's still so many different living things we have yet to discover yet you know bugs mosses lichen mushrooms and so just getting out and about especially if you have technology technology can help you out a lot of different ways you know there's an app iNaturalist. you take a picture of a flower and it'll give you like hey i think it's these three flowers and then that app will help scientists researching different pictures that get taken so that's great. And we'll put that app app link uh, to download in the show notes. Okay, so we, we talked about tactical things to do close at home. You know, taking kids out on a trip instead of to Disney World some, somewhere in the States, where are some great spots? Take kids? I mean, honestly, the one that always jumps out to me is going to Yellowstone or I'm trying to think the other parks I've been to. The ones that the landscape is something otherworldly than what you, you're used to. Yes. So, you know, I, I can talk about how great Hockey Hills is, but people in Ohio, they might love it. But, you know, they've been there a couple of times and it's like, yeah, that's kind of cool. So, you know, switching up, you know, going to the canyons of Utah or Colorado. I mean, you want to talk about something that speaks to people on a deep level because no one lives in those environments. You know, or going to Yellowstone where you have buffalo and hot springs and wolves and, I mean, anything you can imagine you can see there on any given day. And so to me, the big name ones were just the ones that you look at a picture and you're like, wow, I've never seen that before. I strongly encourage those because those are the things that stick out most people's memories when they think of trips they've done. They're like, man, I've never done anything like that since. And so it's something that is an easy conversation starter after you've had the experience of sharing that with others. And I think that you just you just nailed it there. To me, that's heightened awareness and heightened senses because people who live in California – you take them out to the Everglades in Florida by some gators right. and they, their minds will be blown. Right. And like you said, Hocking Hills, I mean, that's 40 minutes from my house. I might take it for granted. Somebody from Nebraska has probably never seen right. anything like it. So whatever right. it is, is taking people into the, uh, into something that is just so unknown to them. Well, that's yeah. great. 
you know, I'm going to put all, all of your guys' show notes uh, in, the, in the show notes about what you guys are up to, your upcoming events, you know, any, anything you want to plug for this May, May on that you guys have coming up in the uh, spring or the summer? Yeah, I'm running some summer camps in July for kids ages 5 through 18. It goes 5 to 9 and then 10 to 18. And it'll be the weeks of July 15th and the week of July 22nd. And I could send you a little flyer. fits onto the blog post that people oh. can view if they'd like. Oh, and uh, I'm just taking kids out and we're getting out and about. Documenting all kinds of fun wildlife, plants and animals. Just to give you an idea with the younger kids, you know, 5 and up. My son came out last year when he was 4. We hiked about two to three miles a day, and the kids really didn't complain one bit about the hiking. I don't think they ever do, right? It's the adults. Right. <laughs> yes, it is. That's great. Yeah, no, we will We will definitely put that flyer in there. Thank you for what you are doing specifically, because I know there's a lot we can do in this life. You know, you have a lot of different talents, but you're sticking with stuff that needs to happen, and that's really good to see. So thank you. Appreciate and, it. And uh, let's go rapid fire. What do you say? Yeah. Outside of Yellowstone, one place every kid should visit by the age of 10. By the age of 10, most kids should probably go to Yosemite National Park to just walk along the Dolomite kind of faces of rock that tower over the Yosemite Valley there and the Merced River. And again, it's one of those places where maybe the wildlife aren't there, but nature itself is so imposing. Absolutely. Yosemite, I'm just re-watching Free Solo and watching Valley Uprising again. I'm like, why on earth have I only been there once for several days? Right, right. And if you want another good movie by, uh, what's his name, the videographer, you got to watch Maru. You want to talk about crazy people mountaineering. Uh, I'm going to go ahead, hashtag 59 listeners, double down on watching Maru. I've seen it three times. Outside. Oh, see? You know what I'm talking about. So good. One place you love, but maybe you would rather not take the kids to because you want to really get after it and enjoy for yourself. The canyon systems in Utah and Colorado, specifically the one I've been to, the Dirty Devil. And there's an area called Robber's Roost, and you can imagine it's exactly what it sounds. It was all the Butch Cassidy and the outlaws out west. It was their kind of home to escape after their uh, robbery activities. And it is just as secluded now as it was back then. Nice. We'll put the links out to that. How about the most underrated outdoor activity for a child? Just playing in the dirt. Love it. That's as simple as it needs to be sometimes, right? Yeah, I I remember in California hearing some parent yell at their kid, don't play in the dirt. And I was like, I got to get out of this place. (laughs) Exactly the opposite. Okay, so if if right. you have to bring one, would you rather bring an infant or a teenager on a long road trip? I'd probably take the teenager. I think I could keep them busy. The infant is just too hit or miss. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Hashtag 59 podcast, everybody. Hopefully next month I'm going to get back to actually keeping the recording and having the three people of our special guests on at once. But uh, for now... Join us, take part in our adventures at hashtag59.com and our social media channels, contests, and events. And find us at, once again, hashtag59.com or subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening.